Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back. We've got Mark Krikorian, Executive Director for the Center for Immigration Studies. He's at the border. Mark, uh, what is actually going on there? Give us an update. Well, I'm at um, Eagle Pass and Piedras Negras. This is the place where, I'm sorry, I'm out on the street right out in Mexico. Right, We just got out of a migrant shelter interviewing a nun and some people there. So there's noise on the road. But um, the, there's actually a lot less happening than there was like a month ago. And the reason is that uh, the Mexican army is now cracking down on crossings here especially, you know, into Texas. And uh, this is, they're doing this at the behest of the Biden administration for political reasons, because they want to make sure that Biden gets reelected. And so they really, I mean, the, the flow here in Eagle Pass, this is the place where there was, uh, you know, this issue of the Border Patrol cutting the razor wire. That was such a high-profile issue. This, that's, it was right here. I was at the park yesterday where that was an issue. And uh, but the fact is that the Mexican army uh, has completely cracked down. They rounded up everybody that was here. They put them on planes and sent them back to southern Mexico. Um, and their um, the flow is you know uh, extremely low. In fact, um, one of our uh, translator here said the hardest thing to find now is a migrant in uh, in Piedras Negras, which is the Mexican city across from. Eagle Pass. The thing is that uh, there's two points. First is the president has been saying that there's nothing he can do about this, uh, that it's all just happening to him. And the Senate had to pass that awful bill that came in the news a couple days ago because he was helpless to deal with immigration without it. Well, at least here, the numbers have gone down because they Uh, twisted Mexico's arm. They did the same thing Trump did by threatening them, and the Mexicans are reacting. Now, that's not going to be enough, and they're not going to keep it up till Election Day, which is what the White House hopes they'll do. But it clearly is possible to reduce the flow of illegals with government policy, uh, with the tools he has now. He doesn't need new tools. He needs to show he's willing to crack down. And, you know, they've done a little bit, and they need to keep this up, keep the pressure up on Mexico. But also, they need to change their policies inside the country. In other words, our immigration policies, if this is going to stick, if this reduction is going to stick. In fact, I just spoke with a bunch of migrants in the shelter that I'm outside now. And I said to them, I said, why didn't you guys apply for asylum in Mexico? Because Mexico has an asylum system. They have an agency 
they have, uh, in fact, the third highest number of asylum applications in the world after the U.S. and Germany. They said, why didn't you guys do that? The answer out of all of their mouths was dollars. dollars. In other words, they're economic migrants using gaming our asylum system in order to get better jobs. And so uh, what that points to is the president needs to change the way we deal with asylum. And he can do some of that on his own. He doesn't need Congress to do it. And um, yet he's resisting changing his policies and hoping that Mexico will do his job for him. And, you know, that that can help a little, but it's not going to solve the problem here at the border. It's amazing how all of our alleged allies are able to enforce this asylum. Uh, It's almost as if we we talk about this in this country as though we're the only ones that have an asylum law, right? Most of our allies have much more restrictive asylum uh, conditions to be met before they let people into their country. Generally speaking, yes, but the thing is that Europe has a similar problem because even though the standards may be higher to get asylum, uh, when they turn people down, they don't track them down and throw them out of the country. So it's a similar thing to here is that right. in Europe is that if you go and say the words asylum, even if you get turned down, it doesn't matter. They're not going to look for you. Uh, so this is a, I mean, this is clearly a real problem that we're all going to have to deal with, not just the United States, but all developed countries, Australia, the U.S., Britain, England, Israel, everybody's got the same problem. Unfortunately, our president is dealing with it probably worse than anyone else in the world. I can't believe that this is going to sustain itself, and I can't believe that the cartels are satisfied with this approach for the next, you know, six, seven months, eight months uh, of doing this. There's too much opportunity loss and too much money to be had. Um, There have been, um, you know, folks talking about that AMLO, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, is actually in the back pocket of the cartels. Right. Is, is this just going to move somewhere else along the border? You know, there's a lot of media there. Eagle Pass is relatively easy to get to, right? Um, yeah, it's and, closer and, to Central America, right? Right. You know, and so, it's just, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, one it's going to be highlighted by the media. But I got to imagine this is moving some, to another spot along the border. Oh, it's already doing that um, because the numbers yeah. uh, in. San Diego and California and the numbers in Arizona have spiked significantly. So, yes, it's, it's more expensive to get there because it's farther. I and mean, you're not going to travel an extra thousand miles if you don't have to. But if you do have to, you will. And so um, that's why the numbers have spiked there. And I just don't see how the Mexicans could keep it up. Because, look, it's good to have Mexico's cooperation. And we may need to twist their arms. That's what President Trump did, and he succeeded. But... Under Trump, our policy and the policy we asked Mexico to pursue were rowing in the same direction, if you will. In other words, both of us were trying to reduce the flow. What's different now is that Biden is trying to pressure Mexico to do his job for him so that he can keep bad policies in place and keep his left-wing base happy, but make sure that Mexico never lets any illegal aliens to get that far that he has to let them in. That's kind of their strategy. And it's not sustainable, as you said. And frankly, it's just, I don't, it's just not right. Why would, you know, 
defending our border is our job mainly. Mexico can help us, and we should insist they help us, but we need to help ourselves first, and that's what this administration refuses to do. Mark, uh, if you would explain for my listening audience, a lot of folks, both Republicans and Democrats, are making a big deal out of the Border Patrol Agents Association actually supporting this, what I think is a fairly crappy piece of legislation that's been put forward as immigration reform, because I think it's anything but that. Um, as to why they would do that and, and, and what their what their thinking was. Right. I haven't spoken to uh, the head of the union about this specifically, but I have two thoughts on it. One is it could well be a question of, like, pay, pay and benefits for Border Patrol agents. Because, look, in the, at the end of the day, they're a labor union, and they want to, you know, sort of uh, maximize the pay and benefits of their employees. I mean, they're members, rather. So I think that's one thing. In other words, that there's specific pay and benefit issues that they see are as attractive. The other thing, though, and this is a little more sort of four-dimensional chess, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think they realize perfectly well this bill isn't going anywhere. It's, you know, dead on arrival. It's almost certainly not even going to pass the Senate. It may not even come up for a vote, percent, quite honestly. I don't know, and it might, but it might not. But my point is, if they know that it's dead, this by, by supporting it, it's a way for them to show, the union to show, that they're not uh, in, uh, you know, in cahoots with any particular political party. They're not Trump's cat's paw, you know, uh, that he doesn't tell them what to do. And so it gives them a certain... Uh, sort of appearance of independence when, in fact, it, that won't cost them anything because the bill isn't going to pass anyway. You see what I mean? Right. No, absolutely. I've, I mean, I, I've seen that in our own state legislature quite a bit, quite frankly. And right. there's also this notion of a little something is better than nothing, right? Sure. And, I mean, look, that's true. And there are people, uh, There, are, there's at least one uh, sort of writer on this I respect who said, look, this isn't great. But it's the best you're going to get, so take it because you're not going to get anything better than this. And that is a legitimate consideration when you're negotiating with somebody. No question about it. I just don't think that's the case here because there are so many provisions here that would actually make things dramatically worse and would codify into law some of the illegal things that the Biden administration is doing that it's just not the small gains from this bill. And there are a few things that are better. But they're totally overwhelmed by the terrible parts of the bill. You would have to agree that something better than nothing is not a good public policy strategy, right? No, no. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And now, again, some situations that might be true, but it's certainly not even close to being true in this instance. Because what the Democrats want to do is lock into law the things, the various illegal policies that the Biden administration is pursuing, making it extremely difficult, if not impossible, for an administration in the future to get Congress to undo those changes. So, no, no, this is a, you know, there are a lot of lefty groups that are opposing this as well, but either they're do either those, that opposition is fake just to make it seem like they're against it, or they're just not thinking long term. So, no, this is clearly a net plus for the anti-border side. 
Um, and honestly, Senator Lankford, who was the uh, from Oklahoma, who's the one who negotiated this, um, I think he got duped because neither he nor his staff know much about it. So they, uh, you know, they were the uh, Democrats showed them this uh, attractive language about shutting down the border under certain circumstances, et cetera, and they fell for it. And it's it, a joke. The good thing it's a is, joke. Though, the tw- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the good thing is that Twitter existed, I got to say, because that meant thousands of people were able to read the bill right at once, hundreds of pages long. And some of those people on Twitter don't know anything about what they're talking about, but a lot of them do know what they're talking about. And they're able to identify things, uh, problems with the bill that you wouldn't know if you didn't know what you were looking for. For instance, the bill uh, makes it essentially automatic for Cuban and Haitian migrants to get welfare. Pardon the noise. There's a big truck passing by here. Sorry. Um, I know this isn't great radio, but there's nothing I can do. No, um, not a problem. There's a, prov- there's a provision in the law that essentially makes it automatic for Haitian and illegal Im- uh, Haitian and Cuban illegal immigrants to get welfare. But it doesn't say that. It says things like, you know, the uh, in Section 2AC3, the word and should be changed to or, or something like that. Well, you have to know what that means. And right. Senator Langford and his staff had no idea, and they were taken to the cleaners. And I get maybe Nancy Pelosi was whispering in his ear, we'll read the bill after we pass it. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. It's like we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. We have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. You know, it's exactly To that. find out what's in it. Exactly. And, and assess what actually it means operationally to us, which is the big problem with the bill. You know, um, and we got got to get to a break, and I know you got to go. I was right. listening to Kristen Sinema the other day talk about the highlights of this bill and the strength of the bill, and she said, number one, we're increasing detention from 36,000 to 50,000. I'm like, are you kidding yep. me? An, uh, an yep. uptick of 14,000 detention beds, what's that, three, four days of illegal right. crossings? Something like that. Yep, exactly. And that's, yep. and that's the highlight of the bill? That's That's the most important aspect of the bill? I said, this is a joke. Yeah, and, and and notice the president is supporting the bill, but why did his administration ask for consistently less and less detention space? Detention it's beds, like, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> unbelievable, Mark. Yeah. I know you got to go. Thank you so much. Stay safe, my friend. Mark Krikorian, executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.